Welcome to ADHD Crash Course, the podcast for those of us who feel we have a lot to learn about ADHD, and that includes me. My name's Danae Cannon, and I'm your host. I'm an occupational therapist, a certified coach, a mom of more than one child with ADHD, and I have ADHD. So welcome to the podcast. We're in this together, and let's jump in. Welcome to ADHD Crash Course. Today, we're going to talk about ADHD hacks and specifically why it helps you to focus not just on collecting hacks, but on understanding why certain strategies work for your brain. This is really important. A lot of times there's a focus on try this plan or try this technique, try this strategy, and it's great. These are great kind of think tank collections of ideas that work brains like ours. But what happens a lot of times in the people that I work with is they have some anxiety about what do I do when this hack stops working. A lot of times because of our experiences with ADHD, we really lose trust in ourselves. We really lose faith that we're going to be able to sustain most things. And I like to reassure them that it's probably going to stop working. Aren't I mean? But seriously, it's going to stop working and that's okay. The hack isn't magical. Understanding why it worked for your brain, that's magic. That's being empowered because you can create something totally different when your life changes or your circumstances changes or your interest in the hack changes. We have brains that want novelty, change, interest, fun. If something is working for you, fantastic, but it doesn't mean it has to work for you up until retirement. And I think when we really focus on understanding your brain and why a hack works for you, it puts you in a better position, a confident position, a powerful position. You know why this works so you can go manufacture another hack for a different phase in your life. So if that doesn't make a lot of sense, let me give you a specific example. I have to operate with a calendar and with a planner like many people do. It's just impossible for me to remember things, organize things, order things without one. And I know that about me. That's like a fundamental truth of how my brain works. But the specific calendar or system I use changes. There was a time that I was obsessed with those erasable notebooks. You can erase it with an erasable pen, but you could also erase it with water and you could write something down on it, brain dump, and you could send the image to a file on your computer. So you never really lost stuff, but you could write and writing is kind of important for me to remember and to retain things. And so I love that system until I didn't, right? It works so well for me until it stopped working. And that was okay. Actually, that specific system stopped working because my son spilled my coffee on my planner that just basically, because it was liquid, erased my whole life, which if you have a brain like mine is, I had no clue. I had no clue about my appointments, what I was supposed to do. I was totally disoriented and I cried real tears that day. But even if that hadn't happened in a month, I probably would have been sick of that system anyhow. I mean, that's just what I've accepted is true for me. It's okay because that system worked super well for me until it didn't. And so then I did a different thing. I think I did bullet journaling, not the version that's super Pinteresty and super beautiful, but just like the bare bones using a table of contents to be able to find things was really great about bullet journaling. Then I might use Google Calendar and have something that's more digital. And so the point that I am taking a long time to get to is that it doesn't matter which system you use. And it is 100% okay if you change it. 
because you know your brain and you know what you're compensating for. I know that I have big time difficulties with working memory and I have a lot going on. So I know no matter what, I need calendars and planners. Which one I use is totally up to me. It's totally up to what's interesting to me, what's fun to me, what's engaging for me. I did an episode about what helps our brains with motivation. And so things like interest and fun and novelty are important. So if you need to change your hack to keep interest, novelty, and fun in it, that's fine. You're compensating for a skill set. The style that you do that in can completely change. Now, some people hear my approach to this and my opinions on this. They feel relieved. They're like, oh, awesome. Good. There's nothing wrong with me. I can change this up. I can switch this around. And they feel like a confidence and a comfort in hearing someone else say that. But some people feel like that is so inefficient. Why would I do that? Because it did work for me. Therefore, it should still work for me. I should just dig my nails in and just battle through this and keep using the system that works for me. And I totally understand that point of view. And they're not wrong. It's less efficient. It's less efficient to switch your hacks, to switch your systems. But we have to accept and embrace and work with the brains that we have. And if you're an ADHDer that can use the same system on throughout eternity, great. That's awesome. Do that. If you're somebody that flounders with it and feels less than because something worked for you a month ago or a year ago or in grade school or whenever, and it's not working now, it's okay. And you're okay. Whatever worked for your brain back then because of the circumstances in your brain and whatever else was going on, it worked then. If it doesn't work now, you can find out what you need now. Now I'm going to go on to another example of a hack that works for me, but really tease out why it works for me. When I'm looking at organizing spaces, I have two things going on that are kind of the biggest way ADHD shows up for me. I have, like I've mentioned before, big difficulties with working memory, memory in general, and I have really high visual distractibility. So that ends up being this conundrum because I need to see things in order to remember to do them, to remember that I have them. Like I've bought four different Costco bottles of B vitamins in the last six months because I've stored them in a place that I don't see them. And which I don't even know if we're going to get through one bottle, Costco bottle of B vitamins, but I'm definitely not going to get through four. And if I don't see it, I'm just not remembering that I bought that. I think the fourth time I was like, eh, this is familiar, but still, if I don't see it, I'm not remembering it. So when I look at organizing my space, my hacks tend to have two components. They make things visible, but they make them organized and not so visible that I'm going to get overwhelmed and distracted visually. So for me, that ends up being like using plastic bins in the refrigerator or in the pantry so I can see things, but they're contained. They're not overwhelming to me. The same thing for my bathroom counters, toiletries, things like that are in clear totes where I can see it. It's not too overwhelming visually. I use those over-the-door shoe hangers on almost every door in my house. I've got them inside the pantry door for kids' snacks, inside the coat closet door for umbrellas and gloves and masks. I have them inside our bathroom doors for toiletries. That works really well for my brain. But let's say that I have a client and she doesn't really have working memory issues, but she has that same visual distraction piece that I deal with. None of my hacks are going to be helpful to her because she's visually distracted and she doesn't need 
need to have her memory compensated for. So it's just going to be noise. It's going to be visual noise when she looks around and sees all of these contained but still visible things. We both have ADHD. We both have visual distractibility. We may even have lives that totally parallel in every other way, but I understand my brain and she understands her brain. I know why my hacks are working for me and she knows why they don't work for her. And this is why in coaching, you are always learning something new because yeah, you might have a lot of knowledge about the brain. You might have knowledge about things that have worked for certain clients for yourself, but you're always learning something new because you're always working with different individuals. I was working with somebody in organizing their kitchen and I was doing this virtually and they were kind of carrying me around and we were looking at the spaces we were problem solving. We were talking about what made sense to her, what she was compensating for, what her routine looked like in the kitchen, like step-by-step, what would it normally look like? And when we were picking all that apart, she came up with solutions I would not have come up with. And honestly, that's part of why my work is so fun to me. I come with my base of knowledge with the intention of equipping my clients with that knowledge. And the rest we work out together. We're a team. We're figuring it out as we go. It's part science. It's part art. And it's definitely a team effort. Now, if you're not working with someone, you don't have that available to you. You still are going to go through that same process individually. You're going to get to know your brain. You're going to get to know the way ADHD shows up for you in depth. And then it's much easier to go back and support that with something that makes sense to you. So that's it for today. We're living in a great time where we have access to so much information. We have access to people's stories and tips, tricks, information, probably more than we can even process. And it's great to take advantage of that information that's out there and to use it to make our lives easier and to support ourselves. And as we do that, if we can keep our eyes on the bigger picture, which is really becoming experts about our brains and understanding ADHD and understanding the way it shows up for us, then that's going to help us so much for that next phase of life, whatever it is for us. So thank you so much for joining me and we'll see you next week. If you're finding ADHD Crash Course helpful, please pass it along. Subscribe so you get notified when there's new episodes. Give me a review so I know how I'm doing. And all those things will help me keep making these episodes. Thank you for listening and hanging out with me on ADHD Crash Course today.